Okay, let's start the show. It's Thursday, September 26, 2012. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me today in beautiful New York City. I don't have a microphone in my face, so this is, this is very uncomfortable for me. Uh, Norma Chan. Point, point the microphone toward your face, Will. I, I, Adjust the microphone. I, I, I can't. It's already aimed at my face. I just want it up here, shielding me There's from no, the outside no, no, world. No spit guard today. No, I know. No pop filter. Norm, how you doing? Um, I felt like I said things, but I didn't move my mouth. What do you mean? Hey, let's start the show. Like, like that? that? Just. Hey, let's start the show. Just really? like that. Really? Like that? Like what? Hey, let's start the show. <laughs> hey, let's start the show. Wow, this is amazing. It's like I have a puppet. Um, we're in New York, Norm. Uh, Wesley Fenlon joining us today. Hi, I'm here in New York. A slightly under the weather Wesley Fenlon. I'm pushing through it. I'm doing all right. You're a little bit of a delicate flower when it comes to traveling, man. That, that airplane just messed me up. I don't know. So, uh, so we're in the airplane and then no sleep Are those pants? for two days. Uh, no, that's Joey's track jacket, I hope. Are they in the shot? Oh, it's a jacket. It looks it's like a, You know, this is, he does this. This is a Joey thing. You'll be walking through the office, and there's just a pair of pants and socks and shorts. Because when Joey goes to the office, he changes clothes. I understand why it happens. I'm just saying. He, just he's like, like four. He leaves them behind everywhere he goes. Uh, we're in New York this week, which is, uh, which is unusual for us. Why are we in New York, Norm? Uh, we're in, I don't know. Why are we in New York? Maker Fair is this weekend. Maker Fair is this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. World International... International Maker Fair, World, World Maker, Maker Fair, Fair in Queens. Yeah, which is one of the boroughs. Five of New boroughs. York City. Name all five boroughs quickly. Uh, Manhattan, Staten Island, Brooklyn, Bronx, and Queens. Very good. Yeah, I'm learning a lot about New York City. So, is this your first big trip to New York? My first time in New York in 18 years. Like as an adult. Uh, uh, even uh, since preteen. Okay. So, yeah, this is my first... Like, I've been to New York off and on for, like, business over the years, but it's always, like, come in for two nights and you have, like, three days' worth of meetings and then you leave directly at the end of the last day so you don't get to do anything fun. Mm-hmm. It's just inside of conference rooms, which could happen anywhere in the world and yeah. would be all the same. Um, so, like, like I'm it's, figuring It's out- amazing. It's, it's a, a city. When people... When I used to live like in the East Bay, and I was, oh, let's go to the city. And people are like, you mean New York? No, I mean San Francisco. Like, That's not the city. New York is well, this the is- city. That, and now I know what that means because there, this is really a city unlike any city, urban jungle I've ever well, seen or been in. Like Chicago's a little bit like this. Boston's a little bit like this. I've been to Chicago. They're been both to Boston, very dense. Been to Philly. Been to Indianapolis. Been to like capitals of states and stuff. Not, nothing is like New York. No. It's, it is tall buildings everywhere. Everywhere feels like downtown. You go down into a hole. You, you ride on a train that goes really fast for 20 or 30 minutes. And then you come up and it's still a massive city. Yes. You can't do that at most also, places. Also, every subway stop I've been in, like, first of all, the subway is amazing. Yeah. It's really efficient, gets you everywhere. But every time we've gone out and into a subway and come up, I'm in a different part of the city mm-hmm. I've never seen before. Don't know where I am, but it all looks like downtown. Well, except for last night. We got up and we, and we were walking around and we were like, hey, wait, this looks familiar. Have we been here before? And we accidentally walked down this. Oh, you weren't here on I Sunday. Was, yeah. It yeah. wasn't familiar for him, but oh. that was weird for us. Wes, you need to adjust your mic, sir. You're, you're, it keeps pulling down into your shirt. I'm going to turn you down while you do that. Oh, fuck. 
language, please. This is a family podcast. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a real city, and uh, we are in uh, Manhattan. We're in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I, see, I never knew all those things. Upper East Side, Upper West Side, Every Lower East Side. Four blocks is a different yeah, place. It, it, it makes sense. We went to Chelsea yesterday, and we went to the East Village. We All went right. through Times Square on the way to the East Village. We did go through Times Square. We went to Nohoboken. What, what's the place under the bridge that, that they were Hoboken? telling us about last No, no. There was, a, there was no bo, ho, hobo something or other. Something under the Brooklyn Bridge. Under That might have been Brooklyn. when Wes and I were under talking about. Is that Dumbo? Hmm? Is that Dumbo? Dumbo, that's it. Dumbo. Yeah, something the underneath the Hoboken Bridge or the, the anyway, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, overpass. It's crazy. Yeah, overpass. It's like places where trolls live. Um, so we've done some cool stuff while we've been here already. We went to see the Intrepid yesterday and talked to the, the Intrepid ch- is a aircraft carrier. Uh huh. It's a World War II, World War II slash Vietnam non nuclear power aircraft right. carrier. So it's very small compared to existing modern aircraft carriers. Retired, obviously, super much, carriers is yes. what they call them today. Uh, much like uh, the the USS Hornet. Yeah, or the in, Lexington if you've been to San Diego in uh, in the Bay Area, and it's a museum. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's an aviation museum. So there's. Probably four or five really amazing aviation museums in the United States. Uh, Nash, obviously, the National Aerospace Museum in Washington is is high atop the list because it has all the, the stuff that did things first. Like it has the the Bell X one, which was the first aircraft to break the speed of sound. It had the it has the Spirit of St. Louis, which is the first aircraft to fly nonstop across the. Is that Atlantic the one in the Smithsonian? That's in the Smithsonian. Okay. Um, it has the Enola Gay. You're talking about the one in Transformers too. No, that was not a real place. Yes, it was, but. They, they did bad things because okay. they went into a museum in Washington and came out in the desert. I, I understand. I don't. I don't understand how that happened. I don't understand how that happened. They didn't have continuity people no. there. Um, so that, that, that's an amazing, uh, amazing uh, aircraft museum. The one in Dayton, Ohio, at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, which is I think the official Air Force uh, Aviation Museum, is amazing because they have like one of every plane that was ever flown by the Air Force. It seems like you know, like wow. hangers and hangers and hangers and hangers full of planes. The Air Force commissioned many, many, many planes. To thousands, be tens of thousands. Well, but even even thousands of designs of different planes yes. and variants. And they have all those. And they don't they have all the variants. Okay, but they have they have literally a few hundred yeah. planes there, ranging from. You know, pre World War II kind of biplanes uh, that th- those some of those might be models because I don't know how many of those have survived through World War II and into um, like Cold War era bombers and and experimental planes and crazy stuff like that. They have a um, a Valkyrie, which you may remember from I think the beginning of Thunderball. Remember the which was the one where they sank, sunk the plane in the ocean and hid it underwater. I'm pretty sure that was Thunderball. It sounds like Thunderball, yeah. Um, yeah, if it's scuba, scuba diving, it's Thunderball, right? Um, so it's an amazing collection there. But the Intrepid... So, but we didn't go to any of those. No, we, we went to the Intrepid. Right. The Intrepid is, is amazing. A, it, it's a, it's a, it, for an aircraft carrier, because I've been on the Hornet, you've been on the Hornet, we've, mm-hmm. we've played land parties at the Hornet. There, the Hornet's really cool because it's it very is? raw. Like yes. you can go and go down into the bowels of the ship if you take the special tour and yes. see the engine room and stuff like it's, that. It's like the final level of crisis. Except for much smaller, a little bit smaller. Yes, uh, this is a. Uh, you have the flight deck and one deck under mm-hmm. that's open. That's turned into a museum, and you have basically restored airplanes, helicopters, um, submarine, even uh, fighter planes, passenger planes, mm-hmm. and now a space shuttle. Yeah. Uh, so we went to we went to see the space shuttle. That was the big draw. Uh, the, they had the Enterprise, mm-hmm. uh, which is the only one of the surviving shuttles that didn't go to space. The Enterprise. She's the Enterprise, Captain. Captain. She's the Enterprise. There you go. Um, they have the Enterprise. Uh, 
Bu there are only the four test. space shuttles. Four surviving. Four for surviving orbiters. Uh, can you name them, Norm? Oh, yeah, I can name them in order. They're okay. Enterprise, uh, Columbia, Challenger, uh, Discovery, Atlantis, Endeavor. That's correct. Yes. Gold star for Norman Chan. And Endeavor was built from the uh, parts that, that uh, kind of survived after Challenger and uh, Columbia. Uh, yeah, so Challenger. And, and it was after Challenger. Endeavor was, um, was well, they, they fabbed some original stuff, but, yes. but a lot of it was leftover parts and things that they were going to refit into uh, Challenger before. The so Enterprise was the first one. It, Enter- was, it, was, it was built and designed over 35 years ago. Yeah, it's almost as old as I am. That is crazy. Yeah. And it still looks high-tech, advanced. Well, No, it doesn't. Kind of. It looks really cool, but yeah. it does not. It looks, like, it looks like a vision of the failed past. I don't know. It, 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 it's elegant in its own way. It's iconic. So uh, anyway, we talked to Eric um, Bame. Uh, Bame, who's the curator of the Intrepid's Air Collection, uh, and he told us a, a bunch of awesome stories about the Enterprise. Uh, we went into stuff like why it never flew, why, why she never flew, in space, you know, they dropped her, blew her off the top of a 747 a few times. Um, he showed us the secret compartment that they used to climb up into the into the uh, orbiter when they needed to do maintenance and check on the preservation status. Uh, what he said was really interesting because I didn't realize this, but uh, NASA apparently maintained that that shuttle through the entire program, and they used it for different things along the course of the of, mostly of its life. as a parts locker. Yeah, uh, so for spare parts. Uh, however, during the Challenger, uh, during the Columbia investigation, they actually used the, the, the Enterprise and the carbon-carbon leading edges and, and stuff to measure potential impact of foam chunks to see if they could have actually damaged the tiles. That caused so the C- Columbia brought attention to the heat shield, mm-hmm. uh, the heat shield design of these orbiters. And that's how the orbiters work. That's why they can come back to Earth is when they come through the atmosphere. They, they don't aim down. They are flat. Mm-hmm. And the bottom, the black part, are all made of ceramic tiles, glass tiles, and they can resist up to... Well, they're foam, actually. They're foam tiles with a glass covering, yeah. uh, all made hand by hand, and then when Columbia went up, a foam tile popped off, destroyed part of the heat shield. Off of the fuel tank. Mm-hmm, and hit part of the heat shield, created right. damage they could not see, and then, so when the Columbia came back down, it was already too late. And it, it was destroyed in the atmosphere. Well, and what what they I, my understanding is that it hit the carbon carbon leading edge, which is the part that gets hottest on the shuttle. Basically, that's the part right above, right next to the wing, on the front of the wing, yes. front edge of the wing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they brought the Enterprise back out, took a piece of the uh, the, uh, the the door, leading, yeah, the, uh, the landing gear, door. landing gear door, and the leading wing and the wing, and put it through a lot of t- many tests. Uh, wind tunnels and heat tests to see if they could replicate the damage, and they did. Yeah. Um, and now, when shuttle—oh, well, I guess the shuttles don't go up anymore. But when shuttles did go up, they could repair them. Um, the well, they tiles. had an untested repair mechanism. Yes. But more importantly, they had extensions on the on the cannon arm that let them see, uh, like in, inspect in, the inspect underside it, yes. of the ship, yeah. whether they were on the ISS yeah. or free floating. So the, the shuttle Enterprise actually does not have real foam tile, uh, real ceramic tiles for the tiles. most part. Um, on vast majority of it, they did retain on the bay door, the uh, the the, uh, the gear door, landing gear doors, uh, the test tiles, um, and those look very different and much cooler because mm-hmm. they are more distinct handcrafted tiles, or they say handcrafted tiles. And they're each um, individually numbered. And they are numbered. There is a yeah. serial number on each tile, which is very cool. So there's thousands of tiles across the bottom of the space shuttles. Each one is an individually numbered one. Uh, one of the other interesting things to me about the Enterprise is because uh, because she did go to space. 
did not go to space. Uh, they didn't have to do a lot of the kind of safety stuff that they would have had to do on a on a space shuttle that actually did, because you know the the fuel that they use for thrusters is hydrazine, which is super toxic. Um, so they had to flush out all of the thruster systems on the on the ships that are going to be publicly displayed uh, the, on the Discovery, Atlantis, and Endeavor. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, so that if, was the Enterprise. If the Enterprise doesn't have the the actual ceramic tiles on it, what were the were there just the fake. foam? They're just they're just placeholders. Yeah, yeah, replica tiles. Uh, same weight, same density, same thickness, but not the not cheaper to make. Yeah, cheaper to make and more durable. Because the ones that are actually the tiles, if you if you hit them with a hammer, they just kind of crumble, they fall to dust. Really? They're very delicate. And yet it'll survive takeoff. That's crazy. Well, takeoff that doesn't hit anything in theory. Wow. The lesson learned of the shuttle is that it's a bad idea to put the uh, put the, the the crew capsule directly next to the thing with the massive tank of oxygen and hydrogen. Yes. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, there's been a lot of news this week. Obviously, iPhone 5 came out last week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but let's start with a piece of news that the New York Times and Verge re- reported yesterday. Uh, and, and a lot of the heat that Apple's gotten after the release of iOS 6 has been about Maps and YouTube being missing. Maps is shit. It's real bad in New York. It is real bad. In, in one of the biggest cities in the world, I would do a search for a restaurant, and it would tell me like an old location where the restaurant was closed. Or you do a search for the Intrepid, and it gives you a spot in the middle of the island. Yeah, when it's actually on water. Mm-hmm. So um, the lack of uh, transit directions. Lack of transit directions is one thing, and but they were upfront about that. They said no transit directions, yeah. and, and they the have excuse a, is that they're going to partner with third-party transit apps, get, give them a chance to quote unquote shine. Even when we were in the New York subway yesterday, we saw big signs that said, "Here are five separate subway apps you can download." You know, for your iPhone or your Android device, and like Embark NYC, great app. Yeah, it works really well for Subway. has has map built in, offline uh, map that you can uh, check the Subway map. But it's not that; it's the actual maps in iOS six, the actual data that people are saying it's coming from, like a you know third tier source. It's it's uh, it's not real accurate, and it's not up to date. Um, and, and it's and it's not just things like restaurants; it's parks; it's uh, it's, uh, uh, it's just not smart. All it does, sorts it, of stuff. And the thing is, if you're extremely precise about your address, mm-hmm. it's fine. Things are okay. I mean, maybe if not, you're if you're not in a you know major city, you might not get the latest roads. Uh, but if you do a precise address, you're fine. If you do something that you're used to doing on a uh, on Google Maps, mm-hmm. which is something almost natural language, like with a typo or you know. It's not a natural language. It's that you you open the map for where you want to go and you type food right, and right, it gives right. you all the restaurants. Or if you do area. like you know, if I wanted to go to the Museum of Natural History and I didn't know and I thought it was Natural History Museum, it still right. kind of knows based on hundreds of thousands, millions of searches right. that that's what most people want. And, and the fact that Google has five thousand people working on maps. There was just no not enough data, not enough data in iOS six maps. Yeah. In the in the TomTom Maps database, they're not well, and it, it, it's not fair to pin this all on TomTom because it could be the other parties that provide data as well. They're just the visible front facing one. So it seems like place names are going to be an issue for a while. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you're okay if you get the exact name of the place right. The problem is if you do generics or one off misspellings, or you need kind of fuzzy language to pick up. But even then, it seems like their database is way smaller than Google Maps just oh, yeah. that's of, definitely true. of what they oh, yeah. what they know what they can find and so mm-hmm. like even back in San Francisco uh, the other day we were talking about going to a concert and typed in the name of a pretty big venue in the city just didn't have it yeah, yeah. just wasn't in Apple like, what was the venue independent the independent it didn't really? have the independent 
Crazy. Well, and the other thing that I've noticed it has trouble with is stuff that could be a generic. So if you're talking about, say, a bar that's called the 12th Avenue Ale House, or like the bar that we're close to, called the Dive Bar, yeah, that's impossible. That just doesn't show up. <laughs> Good um, luck. But the news that came out that New York Times reported was that a lot of people assume when iOS six was announced. Did the that, Times report this? I think the Verge, Verge reported it. Verge reported it. Um, was that a lot of people assume that the reason uh, the iOS six did not have Google Maps was that. Apple ran out of its contract. Right. Five-year the contract. contract that Steve Jobs touted when he launched the iPhone. Apple and Google are working together to make this the best phone ever. Yeah. Yada, yada. And the contract expired, and Google chose not to renew, and that's why Apple doesn't have Google Maps. But the report says that Apple had one more year left on their contract. Google has, has the report said that sources within Google say that there's been one more year left on the contract. So iOS 6 could have had Google Maps and YouTube. Well, you know, with the way Apple contracts work, it. It, it, it probably isn't as straight up X number of years. It could have been, you know, X number of years plus the option for one-year extension giving some renewed terms. Well, that's possible. So that, who knows? I mean, co- contracts are very complicated. Um, I'm going to say it's probably on both Google and Apple side. I'm going to say even though, even if there was one more year, I don't think Google was in a big, uh, was very enthusiastic about keeping Maps on iOS. And the question is why. Google was enthusiastic? I don't think, no, of course not. You don't think the money to be made from them being on that many extra million devices They don't make money from that. Well, they don't make that money on the Apple apps. They make money on their own apps. There's ads on the YouTube app provided by Google. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Google necessarily wanted to be part of it anymore. My hunch is that Google wouldn't have, uh, would have wanted the transition to be smoother. The report is that this was a surprise to Google when, uh, as, as recently as two weeks before it was announced at WWE. It seems like a really bad decision on Apple's part because like, they had to scramble. It seemed, like, it seemed like they had to scramble, and well, it seemed like they chose to scramble. So it's a bad short-term decision in that every user who has an iOS 6 device has shitty maps now mm-hmm. and, and no alternative. Mm-hmm. It's a good long-term decision because owning the rights to those maps and the map data and being able to sell ads against it is a massive potential revenue in yes. the future. So if they, f- I mean, it, it's an example of Apple putting the, the the revenue potential ahead of the customer's experience, which is something they've traditionally not done, and that's worrisome. And you know what? And, and a lot of the people who reviewed iOS six and reviewed the iPhone five uh, did not extensively test. Maps. Well, it's hard. And, it's hard to know what's anecdotal and what's indicative publish, indicative of a large problem. Oh no, I know. And, and, and to be fair, it's not practical to test, you know, thoroughly through you know multiple countries yeah, or, or even every, multiple cities. Right. But even basic functionality like you know typing in common names and also directions. I listen to podcasts where some reviewers who may not be well, I won't necessarily name said Howard. that they they did not extensively test the maps when. Right. Do, when do their, uh, their iPhone 5 reviews. Maybe they use it once or twice. Right. Using, using the maps, using directions, term-by-term directions once or twice is not enough uh, well, if that's such a big part of it. And, so, and does not qualify a, you know, a, a review or article headline where you say that you know, iOS 6 iOS is... Ever. iOS 6, you know, is... Um, what was it? iOS 6 is marked by stunning maps upgrade or something. So, so the thing about that, though, is that... You know, I used the beta for a long time, and, and during that beta, I used the GPS turn-by-turn, turn, even for places that I knew where to go, just to see how it did. Uh, almost every time I got in the car, even if I was just driving to work or home in the, in the morning or night. 
Um, and the, that experience dramatically changed between the last uh, uh, beta and the general availability release. Which means that all the beta time testing was was not, is, is not sufficient. Well, no. I mean, that's my point, is even if you'd spend a ton of time with it during beta, you have, still would have mm-hmm. to use it for two or three weeks afterwards to know if, if they had fixed the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the unfortunate thing is what we're using today is a fairly significant improvement over what they had two months ago. So there, I mean... Is that because continue, of, of uh, feedback, or is that because I, of... They it was better on day zero on data. Of, the, of iOS 6 coming mm-hmm. out uh, than, it, than it was on day negative one. Well, they, that did not stop Apple from selling... A ton of iPhones. Five million. Twelve million. Tons of iPhones. How many iPhones? They sold in 24 hours. And what they count as being sold is interesting, too. Uh, Apple released a press release. So two press releases. One after pre-sale days. Yeah. Um, which we talked about last week. They sold well, uh, two million uh, pre-orders. They sold as many as they wanted to. They, two million pre-orders were made in 24 hours. Yes. Which was a record for them. Over one million from the 4S, which I thought was astounding because the 4S... I thought this would be much. Uh, I thought I was astounded that 4S was that high anyway. Um, 4S was the one that kind of had a, a press backlash when it was released. Oh, they didn't change enough, and then this one had a similar. Yes, yeah, still well, yeah, the exactly. And you know, and I think there was some minor press backlash this time, which I think was l- less justified this time than last time. I think the backlash, the the can, the meh for the 4S was more justified than the meh for the five, uh, having bought both and used both. And, but back to sales, um, five million in the first three days, in the first weekend. Yeah, I, I kind of don't care. But what they count as phones. what they count as sales is what they actually delivered to customers that they signed for when they ordered online, and what they sold in stores, and also what they sold to the carriers. So, so phones in human beings' hands. Phones in human beings' hands, or sold directly to carriers. Okay. Carriers pay for them in advance, uh, so that might not actually be in human hands. And what the consensus was in, the, in terms of the analysts. Uh, was that there was a misallocation of how many they want they should have had in stores and how many they uh, had. Available oh, so the online. analysts are saying they had too many in stores and didn't too many make in stores, and that people don't want to wait in, in line anymore and buy them in stores because well, I absolutely agree with that. That experience is terrible on, on the first weekend, and they should have just done more, uh, better allocation, have more online, and then they could have gotten more in people's hands. Yeah, did you see? Um, did you see a lot of hey, there's people waiting in lines for the new iPhone stores on the local news. I did not see that. Mm. You don't watch the local news, though. I don't do watch local news. No. Mm. There, was, there was the one great bit uh, about the new iPhone 5 with the holographic keyboard. That, and that was... Are you talking about the Jimmy Kimmel thing? No, I think it was, uh, it was some news report. That oh. What, what happened? They, they, uh, they just did a little bit on the iPhone 5 saying Apple's new iPhone is the thing to get. And they had some stock footage from YouTube or something uh, that was all fake. That oh, they. God. Unknowing, awesome. unwittingly ran as real, and it shows the iPhone 5 with new holographic keyboard and some, some other stuff. You know what's bad about the local news? Fact-checking. Everything. Um, let's talk about the uh, Nook and the Nook H- the new Nooks, the Nook HD and the Nook HD+. Plus. Uh, yeah, Barnes Noble announced new Nooks yesterday. Tell me about them. Oh, I thought you read that story. Oh, did you not follow the press release? No, I didn't read the press release. Yeah, I don't a, get their press releases. Did you not follow the press conference? I did not follow the press conference. Uh, there are two Nooks yesterday. Uh, one is a 7-inch Nook and one's a 9-inch Nook. There you so, go. What an amazing coincidence. 1440 by 900, lighter than the Nexus 7, lighter than the Kindle Fire HD, wider bezel. And the Nook, uh, the big one, is a 9-inch with, I believe, 9, 1920 by 1080 display. 
Um, and that one is four hundred dollars. So they're two hundred to four hundred dollars. Two hundred. So they're the Nexus Seven price and a little bit. It's the sim. It's just yeah. like Kindle HD. But so lighter, you're buying into an ecosystem. You're just point, buying basically. into an ecosystem. Uh, the Nook, I think, still has the SD card slot, though. But you can't really use the Nook SD. If, unless they've changed the software, you couldn't use the SD card slot for anything other than just like raw media. You can side, um, you can, it made it easy to... Uh, if you sideload stuff, it just wipes it the next time it updates. Yeah. It, updated, it, it wiped every 24 hours or something. It was a little bit unfortunate. Um, I, I, it's a, increasingly hard looking at that ecosystem kind of floundering and the Amazon e- ecosystem exploding to recommend those for anything well, other can, than people who are going to root and, and replace the OS on them. You think for, for those people, this is still the one, the one to get versus the new Kindle buyer stuff? Um, if I, yeah, it's tough to say. Because, I mean, you want to recommend the Nexus for rooting, inside, rooting and, and putting your own OS on, but you kind of don't have to so much because it comes with stock ice cream sandwich. Right. The unfortunate thing is that they're only selling 8 and 16 gigabyte models, and that might be not enough space for what people want. For I really thing. love that there's a, on the Nook HD uh, sales page, the, uh, well, first, it is a higher resolution screen, and then also the, the new... Uh, the Nook HD has the side bezel, the wide side bezel, like the Kindle Fire. So oh, that's I nice. anticipate that will be com- more comfortable more hold for reading. than Nexus. But they say, you know, best tablet for families, light, thin, and super portable, blah, 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 over 3 million books, tons of movies, no annoying ads, and comes with free power adapter. Oh, that's are, are selling big selling points because Burn. those are things that, are, that Kindle do not have. Are they, um, do they have a video service at this point? Uh, not like Amazon. Not it's like, like you can watch Netflix and HBO Go and stuff like that, probably. And right? you can rent stuff. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, micro SD cards. We'll, we'll order those and do spend more time with, with them when the products are actually available. Uh, the FTC forced rent-to-own PC companies to stop spying on customers. This is an interesting story. So if you went to like a rent-to-own type store, which you shouldn't do because they're almost universally rip-offs. Every time I've ever looked at that, the the price that you pay for the rental and the interest you pay on the rent to own is like one step away from a loan shark basically um so so don't buy pcs don't buy anything for rent to own places but for people who do they were rent to owning pcs and the people who did it, who, who rented the pcs loaded them with spyware so that they could track down the pc if the person's brand split what flew the coop Okay. Fled to Mexico. Fled to Mexico with their $99 a month PC. Dine and dashed. Um, And what the companies were doing with this were recording, let's say, videos and pictures of children, people in intimate situations. Yeah, they were tapping into the webcam. They were keyboard logging. They were collecting email passwords and logins. They were collecting bank login information. Um, let's see what else were they doing? Wow. Uh, they took uh, photos and uh, of children, people that were semi-clothed, and people in, in delicate situations. Um, and the FTC investigated because that's the kind of thing that the FTC is supposed to uh, supposed to investigate. That sounds like a giant lawsuit. Just waiting. I just to happen. turned you down because I thought you were going to blow your nose. Flack out. Um, yeah. So. Uh, the FTC, guess how much the FTC fined the companies responsible for the malware and the rent-to-own companies? I bet there are guess. five zeros involved. There are five zeros involved. What and do you think is the number in front of the five zeros? Zero. Another zero, mm-hmm. yes. 
So there's an infinite number of zeros preceded by a zero. They find them nothing. I assume there'll be a class action suit about this. It seems like the kind of thing. What are the names of the companies doing this? Uh, Dreamshare. It's a bunch of like local. It was it was 35 companies I think named. It wasn't Bang Bros. Uh, no, it wasn't Bang Bros. Okay, because yeah. then if you, if you if you bought a PC, rent to own from them. Don't buy a PC yeah. rent to own from Bang Bros. You, you should, you should expect that. what's going to happen yeah. there. Dreamshare was kind of. Your dream share. That also sounds sketchy. It, it's a little weird. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you'd probably be better off buying a Bang Bros thing because then at least you'd have probably a little red light that tells you when you're pornographic. Now, to be fair, a lot of people do not have money to rent, you know, to buy PCs. Yeah, but, but the pricing on these PCs was astounding to me because it was $99 a month for PCs that the net cost was probably $600. Retail. Retail. So literally, you were looking at here's something that you can tr- that you can pay in less than a year by for cash, uh, or you can be in hock indefinitely on this. So they're definitely feeding on people. How many people actually bought it? Tons this? of people. Thousands of people were involved. So ninety eight dollars a month when you can buy a, a perfectly you know decent laptop for three hundred bucks. But it's important. Most people don't understand computers. This is still the problem, right? You know, you go into Best Buy and they immediately push you into the five thousand five hundred thousand dollar computer section, when in fact you're probably just as well off with a three hundred dollar laptop, like you said. So, um, so yeah, don't don't rent to own. You guys probably know that, but tell your friends. What other things could you rent to own that are Sofas? not a good idea? None of none of the rent to own stuff is a good. That's idea. layaway. No, layaway is different. Layaway is when you pay a little bit of money each week. And you get the product when you when you paid all of the money in. It's basically you get like, the product only after. Yes, because otherwise it's credit. Do you, do places still really do layaway? I that's think the thing. I remember that being a kid, like when your only real source of buying something is to go to the store and yeah. buy it, and you put something on layaway because you only had ten bucks. And that's so they hold it for you. Essentially, yeah. So you're paying them. Payments. You don't pay interest on it on layaway. Oh, I, I understand, but if something costs a thousand dollars, you pay a hundred bucks a month for ten, 10 months. months. And then, you, and then you get a couch. Them. It's for people who are incapable of saving their own money. Oh. Right. Wow. Yeah. What happens if you fail the layaway, if you stop making payments? Do you if get you your one pay- Yeah. I'm, I'm sure if you just don't show up after a while, they just put it back on the shelf, or they'll give you your money back or something. And- I don't know how layaway. I never did layaway. But yeah, the rent-to-own stuff is all basically reverse pawn shops. So they give you something, charge you money for it, the and people then ever come start take it like, away like if you... Broke, like middleman layaway services? Are you thinking about a business opportunity here? I'm just saying, like, I can't... Call it the Chan I, Bank? I, I, I can't fathom people who, who have no self-control, and they cannot save, you know... How many they, iPhones are sitting on the table in front of you right now? Two iPhones. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. I, I did not buy them on layaway. There you go. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Hubble. You know the Hubble Space Telescope? It's still operational. Serviced by the space shuttle multiple and, times. And it was delivered by the space shuttle. Yeah, into put space. into space. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, 2004, 2005, I think they released a image. Uh, they pointed the Hubble for a period of time over two years, just occasional snapshots of a spot in space that looked like a blank square, tiny, tiny little blank square. About the, like If you're holding your hands up in front of your face... It's like, it's like the size of, a, of, a, of your fingers making a square. And did a long, long, long exposure on that period of space. Superimposed all the How images. How long was the exposure? Uh, I don't know on the first one. I didn't actually look that up today. But on, I, they, they, the upshot was when they pointed the, the telescope at a point of blank empty space, seemingly empty space, and did a really long exposure, uh, they, the final image had something like 5,000 galaxies in it. So a little more there than we thought. Mm. 
I think they probably thought that there was more there. But now we can see them. But now we can see them. And it literally, it, like the picture, I'm sure you've seen it. It's a, it's, a, it's a very stunning image. It looks like one of those space paintings that crazy people who don't understand cosmology, cosmology do because it has like spiral galaxies and big blown up cloud galaxies and supernova and all You're this cool stuff. Hubble is a bad artist. I, I'm saying the Hubble, Hubble it looked like a hack. So they did that again. Uh, they took those images, they focused it on a little bit smaller area, and they did more exposures over 10 years. Uh, Two million seconds worth of exposures. 10-year exposure. My camera does 30 seconds It's not exposures. a 10-year exposure. It's two million seconds exposure over a period of 10 years. Okay. Two million seconds is still a lot. And guess what happened? They saw just as many stars. Just more stars. More, more stars. More, no, no, not stars. More galaxies. galaxies. Um, and the interesting thing is because of the long exposure, they were able to see further than we've ever seen before. So they were able to see 13.2 million years back in time because, you know, the speed of light's a constant. The light had to travel from there to here. It took 13.2 billion years, an unimaginable period of time that was only 500 million years after the Big Bang. So it's from the dawn of the universe. There was more Big Bang. There was more time after than time before. Not just more time after, but a factor, like a lot more time after. Wow. 13.2 so billion years why after. couldn't they stare longer and then see the beginning of the universe. Well, so the interesting thing about that is because the universe was expanding and it was expanding away from us, uh, at the dawn of the, a lot of the stuff that we would see from that time period, we were expanding away from it as well, is going to be shifted into the infrared. It's, you know, because as you're moving away from things, you get red shifted. As you're moving toward them, you get blue shifted. Because, you know, the way we were able to tell, the way Hubble was able to tell the universe was expanding was all of the stars that he looked at were slightly red shifted for the most part. I mean, there's some obviously that aren't. Um, so that's where the James Webb Space Telescope comes in. It's the, it's the successor to the Hubble. It's being launched in 2018, I think, 2017, 2018. Uh, it has a 6.5-meter lens. So whereas Hubble is one big ground piece of glass, the James Webb Telescope is a, is a uh, um, uh, what's it called when there's multiple, multiple lenses? There's multiple lenses that unfold, and it becomes one big 6.5-meter reflector, essentially. It's an infrared telescope. So it'll see deeper into the redshift and theoretically further back in time than we can see with the Hubble. So with the Hubble confirming uh, the image that it's seen the first time and we can now see practically back to the Big Bang, what is the real scientific upshot of that? Is there, is, have we learned something that we really didn't know before or are there still things to be learned from that, that image, you think? There's an infinite number of, of, of things out there. Gibbs on... A galaxy. You want a galaxy? You want the Chan galaxy? I'm saying there are plenty of galaxies going around. That's what this. It would take you a long to time to get there. The commute would be a real bear. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think the Queen of England ever visited Australia. Yes, she did. Just like last year. Maybe in that earlier movie. this year. Maybe in that movie once. Uh, you know, you could for a mere sixty dollars, you could sign up with the International Star Registry and name a star or galaxy of your own. Only $60. Only $60. You'll get an authorized certificate filed in the National Trademark Office. Is this something that comes out of someone's printer? Uh, I think they go to the National Trademark Office and they trademark the star name for you. It's not actually legally binding, and nor is the property yours. It's just for novelty uh, value. One day, Norm. One day. You can still put it on your wall. Expensive novelty. Yeah. 60 bucks. It's a piece of, I can make you one if you want. Can you get a letter written by the galaxy about how you're supporting it? Absolutely. I'll do that for you. For $75, <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> Updates every year? Uh, JDEC announced the DDR4 spec for PCs. Now, 
this is one of those things that's always interesting to me because graphics cards have different memory specs way, way, way ahead of, of the PC. GDDR5. Five. Five yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've been using DDR3 on video cards since I probably covered video cards four years ago, five years ago, which is an eternity in tech time. Uh, but JEDEC has just uh, announced DDR4 for PCs, which means presumably the next generation of chipsets from Intel and maybe AMD will feature uh, DDR4 support. So something to look out for. That means probably new motherboards next time you want to upgrade your CPU, which it's been a while since we've started using DDR3. That, so. would, that would probably happen anyway. I mean, once, mm-hmm. once Almost Intel certainly. moves you know, to their next New thing. sockets. Who doesn't love a good socket? Uh, the big thing on the DDR4 stuff seems to be power reduction and performance increase. It's the same as it always is. So, yeah. Uh, did you hear about the antbirds? Do you like antbirds? Do you even know what an antbird is? No. It's a family of birds that lives primarily in South America. I was hoping it was a family of ants. That were birds? That, were that had that wings? Kind of, that, that somehow built a, a wings. Winged ant is the terrifying thought. Yeah. So most ant birds have nothing to do with ants. I don't know why they're called ant birds. Oh. However, there are a few species of ant birds that follow uh, uh, army ants, the ones that like basically just strip everything in their path. Remember Indiana Jones and the Crystal Kingdom? Those were some skulls? messed up ants. Right, that kind of ant. And there's three or four species of these ant birds that like follow that path that the, 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 the army ants are going on as they're deforesting the, the jungle. And what they do is they get the stuff that jumps out of the way. So when the grasshoppers and the small frogs and all that stuff see that, can tell that they, the army ants are coming, they jump out of the way, and the ant birds hang out on the, on the bow wave of the army ants' advance and nab the grasshoppers. So they're the, the cleanup crew. They're parasites. So they're, they're, you know, usually when you think of parasites, you think about tapeworms or, or um, you know, uh, amoebas or, you know, whatever, parameciums, things that, that live inside larger organisms and make them sick. The ant birds are a bird. It's a, it's a normal macro-sized species that is parasitical to the, to the ants, which is unusual. Uh, the interesting thing that's happening is, is there are some people doing research on the ant birds, and they found that there's one species of the ant birds that seems to be transitioning from a uh, more varied diet. So they, they'll, they'll kind of camp the ant trail and pick up scraps off the end, but, they also, uh, but they'll also eat other food as well. So they can also go out and get their own food and stuff like that. What they're doing, though, is they're moving toward um, a more specialized meal, and they're giving up the plasticity in their diet in exchange for the ability to follow these ants. And it's something that, that is a, it's an evolutionary step. That, that we're, it's happening now as, we're, as these people are studying this. And they're actually watching that to kind of see how evolution works on a, on a very short time scale that you normally can't pick up from fossil records and stuff like that. So the the ant birds that stay on the back, they don't they don't uh, they're not going to be able to eat normal food for very long. We think. Did mm. you catch up? Yeah. Well, no, it's good for them. It's easier eating, so they can spend more time doing other ant birds things. I, I do not want to trust my mule on ants. You don't you don't trust the unstoppable power. I don't know. Of I just like more birds or ants. Why would you just like birds? They're lovely yeah, animals. Some, some birds are gross. Well, some everything's gross. Wesley's gross right now. His nose is running. He's sneezing. Yeah. Ants are pretty gross. Ants are, ants are vicious. And this, Do you feel bad when you kill an ant? Uh, it depends on how many. Have you ever done wow. the thing with the magnifying glass? How, how, when, when has it become enough? Like 20. When, is it, 15, when, has 20. It become, when has it become not okay, Will Smith? 15 or 20 ants. 50? 100? No, 20. 20 is a good number. 20? Yeah. You know, you don't want to have them smeared on the sidewalk. Um... 
Have you, do you know? Do you know about? The, I mean, do you know what they have to do to study the army ants? It's terrifying. They have to wear shoes with like gaiters that tuck their their pants into their uh, into their into their boots so that you don't get you know any exposed skin below the waist. So the ants can't bite, bite through the boots. The ants can't bite through the boots. Good. You don't want to still don't want to be in the path because I assume the Indiana Jones thing happens. Like they crawl up. Yeah, crawl up, and then next thing you know, you're just a pair of boots with some stumps. Yeah, that's not good. It'd be really bad. Oh. oh. Uh, Xbox lie. music pricing for the UK leaked with the new, 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 latest new Xbox dashboard. Um, it's subscription. It's a subscription service similar to the Zune service. It seems like it's very similar to the Zune service. The pricing is for the UK, so it's uh, £9 a month or £90 a year, which translated into something that seemed very high for the US. Uh, I think $15 a month and $150 a month is dollars the average year. price for... $15, the monthly price seems about right. The annual price seems a little high. $180 a year seems like a lot for... Um, that's, a, that's $15 a month. Your math checks out. Yeah. <laughs> well, they usually, usually give you a discount. Well, but I'm paying 10 bucks a month for RDO, and I feel like that's a lot. Yes. It, it, you get out of it what you, what, what you get out of it. Right. Yeah, you have to actually actively search for new music, and not enough new music comes out in certain times of year yeah. to make it feel like it's worthwhile, and you really make the most out of it in those initial months. And as often as not, I find myself listening to something I bought the CD of five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so that's no good. It's almost bad as uh, renting, renting computers. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. I think renting computers is borderline criminal. I think that's just giving me an opportunity to make bad financial decisions. Well, you know, paying for streaming music is... The advantage of it is immediacy and, and getting... getting Whatever you have, they want to listen to at the moment, but but not ever want to buy, or something just came out. You don't want to have to download it. You can just stream it. Well, there's there's the other way to look at uh, streaming music is that you're you're paying infinity, the rest of your life. You're going to pay ten dollars a month in in exchange for the fact that you never buy CDs anymore. So that the gamble there is that you're buying at least twelve CDs a year, twelve albums a year, uh, and if you're not doing that, then you're then you should just be buying CDs. Or buying iTunes music yeah, whatever. that you Amazon cannot transfer music, that you can't transfer over. Right. Or iTunes at least. Amazon music. Amazon you can say. you can transfer that over. Amazon. You can transfer iTunes now too. There's no DRM on iTunes music anymore. No, I mean like your iTunes account when you die. Yeah, but your iTunes music is no DRM, so you can just give somebody the files and it'll work. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. It's good. Yeah. The future. I take that on my will. Um Let's see, what else? Google Play Store has a 25-cent app sale going on right now to celebrate 25 billion app downloads. What was the last app you downloaded from Google Play Store? Uh, an Instapaper clone for my Nexus. Why not Instapaper? Well, whatever, Instapaper for Android. I, I assumed, I didn't realize it was actually developed by, by Marco. He, didn't, he, he, he paid somebody. He paid somebody. Okay, so then it was Instapaper for Android was probably the last thing. I might have downloaded a game or two. Maybe, maybe that zombie, um, the zombie shooter that works with the gamepad. When we were testing that stuff out, I don't, you know it's funny. I don't use my Nexus with apps a lot. I usually just uh, find myself reading on the Nexus. Uh, Wes, you're an Android user. I was. Oh right, I was an Android user. I didn't really download much of anything the last like three months. I was on Android because I rooted my phone, uh, installed custom firmware, and then from that point on, it was kind of just waiting out the rest of the life of the phone. So I was real basics like you know play music, Twitter, Maps. And that was kind of all I was using day to day. Gmail. Okay, good talk. Yeah. Um, Hitachi announced a quartz, quartz glass data storage design, uh, possibly available in 2015. Did you see this? It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, principle. 
Uh, what it looks like is, you know the little slide covers that you put on top of a, a microscope slide to, to mm-hmm. seal in whatever you're trying to yeah. take a look at under a microscope? It's like a small piece of square piece it's a, of it's plastic. A, a square, small piece of glass or plastic. Mm-hmm. So it's about that size, maybe one inch by one inch. And um, what they do is they can encode data with a laser in the surface of the glass, uh, three layers thick, at about the same density as a CD. So it's not massively, massively dense data. Uh, but because they can do three layers, you end up with a fair amount of storage on a relatively small piece of glass. And the neat thing about it is because it's just etched in the surface of the glass, the, the data, you can actually read it with a, with a regular optical microscope. So it's for archival purposes. The glass theoretically should last forever as opposed to, say, CDs and DVDs, which only burnables especially only have a, a special type of glass. 30 or 40 years. It's quartz, I believe. So it's quartz glass. Um, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Sounds easily breakable. Yeah, or scratchable. Well, like I said, archival use. So it's something that if you have data you need to keep for a thousand years, you etch it on this stuff, put it in a, in a case, put that in a vault, in a safe deposit box, in a vault, and then you bury it under Switzerland. Theoretically, you should be okay. Um, I thought it was neat. We see a lot of stuff like this, whether it actually comes out or not, it remains to be seen. Uh, it seems like the kind of thing that would have massive startup cost, especially because of, like the ability to etch... Uh, etched glass with lasers is kind of specialized now and usually only found like laser cutters and stuff like that. You need a medium high powered laser to do that. So it's, it's good to always be looking for new storage mediums at any yeah. rate. Well, it, it, you know, the, the thing I saw, the, the thought I initially had when I saw that was, oh my God, it's hollow cubes, but it's not at all hollow cubes. That sucks. We're based on the same type of storage medium. We've been on very few different types of storage mediums for the past you know, 20 years. 40 years, really. Oh, yeah. It's magnetic tape. Right. And, and then solid, solid state. And disks. Mag- magnetic disks. Magnetic, mag- mag- magnets. Yeah. And, and solid state. That's it. Well, and the optical stuff. Yeah, but no one really uses optical for long-term storage. Blu-ray, maybe. No, like we optical. can't use any of the dye-based stuff, but you can stamp disks and they last a long time. Assuming you don't read them that often. Storage is going to be an increasingly uh, big problem. Yeah, backing things up to hard drives is real scary to me. Because I back all my stuff up to hard drives right now, and I feel like backing things up to hard drives is taking a you know a juggling loaded guns. Well, basically, the, pro- the problem is that more not only are more is more data being stored globally, uh, individually, you're saving Exabytes, I think you're now, right? saving much more data on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are processing much more data, and so data is not static. I mean, taking a photo with a camera, it, you're you know not only is on, on its face, higher megapixel, like more megapixels saved, like higher detail. You're taking more photos because you have more cameras. Mm-hmm. You are crunching data by doing like searches and processing. That is all data in itself, the act of processing. And then the data itself is more valuable. People want to save more because there's more analysis done on it and there's more computing power. So in every sense that data can be manipulated and saved, we want more of it. This is a Wolfram Alpha problem. It, it, it's the petabyte problem. The the other thing that's going to happen is if the if the life logging stuff takes off and everybody's walking around wearing Google glasses two years from now, Google goggles two years from now, the amount of data we produce on a daily basis is going to increase exponentially. Yeah, and storage has to keep up with that. Yeah, and, I mean processing will keep up with that. Storage will eventually keep up with that, and then once the algorithms are done right to process all that stuff and and we get, I mean, that really is a a life ch- a cultural shift a. In a way that we can't comprehend right now. Yep. Um, the lightning cable. You have one right here, Norm. Yeah, I do. You're plugged in. It's plugged in my phone. Uh, the lightning cable. Uh, somebody took one apart and discovered it has an extra chip. 
Hmm. So Lightning Cable has eight pins on each side, uh-huh. and the pins are dynamically assigned depending on. So it knows actually when you plug it when in. it's one way up or the other way up. Because yeah, so that's how it can reverse the signals. When you take apart the phone, there's only contacts on one side. This is the new USB cable for the iPhone. It's the dock. Yep. It's the dock connector replacement. There's only contacts on one side in the slot. In, so, on, on the on the phone side. Yeah, so that right. means uh, that the pin one on one side is left, and pin one on the other side is on the is on the is on the right, depending on which way you. So there is it. a ninth pin that will tell the is cable that? what basically will tell the cable what orientation it's in, and that will determine dynamically what which which of the pins send what data. Oh, is the, did somebody figure that out? I didn't, yes, I didn't get. I didn't yes. see that. Um, so yeah, so the, there was a lot of controversy about the, ca- the connector. There's concern that it could be a DRM chip for cables, which would be really lame. Uh, it's unclear exactly what it is, but it seems like it probably has to do with the with the routing signal determining it. There was an extremely cable. technical analysis of the Lightning cable um, that I can post in the show notes. But uh, basically, a lot of speculation. People are saying, why is it USB 3.0? And it goes beyond the cable because it goes to a lot of the way USB... Uh, OS's process data from USB, mm-hmm. and uh, and a lot of that stuff is limited to the hardware, like the SOC stuff. So you're saying the ARM, the current ARM architectures don't have yes. USB three capabilities natively, or so you'd that have to add an extra. You'd chip have to add, add extra chips and yeah. time, and yeah, yeah, yeah. not good. Um, uh, the last thing that I saw this today, this was fantastic. I posted it. It's a SIGGRAPH piece. Uh, the, somebody has developed an augmented reality welding hood. Uh, what it does is it uses HDR uh, processing techniques and a 1 million to 1 contrast ratio camera, a pair of them actually, stereoscopically, put on a welding hood uh, to let people who are welding actually see what they're working on in a way that's impossible using traditional filters and even the LED filters and the kind of fancy stuff that, that people use now. So what it does is it takes the input of the 1 million to 1 contrast ratio camera and then uses HDR to kind of compress it into the visible range of the displays in the hood and you can actually look and see the filament of the of the welding you know the welding uh, uh, seam as it goes on and gives you super pre- precise control or they can use it for like education and stuff like that so if, so if your professor your welding teacher wants to see teach you how to do a good weld make sure you're actually doing it right sometimes you can finish the weld and you won't be able to see the work this lets you see the work as it's going on uh, I thought that was super cool and it's probably the first real augmented reality thing I've seen so far. I mean, there's been a lot of toys and kind of weird apps and stuff that doesn't work very well. Most of them don't have a real concrete purpose. They're kind of just for funsies. You mean that Yelp app where you can hold it up and it tells you what restaurant is over there? The Monocle. It's fantastic. Or what was that? There was a whole uh, separate app that did just that, only augmented reality stuff. Yeah, those people are gone by now. Oh, really? The, you know, the one thing that was cool was that, that live translator. That was pretty useful. Um, the Spanish to English translator. What was it called? Make Me Spanish. Bueno. It was called Make Me Spanish. Was it called Make Me Spanish? <laughs> no. Oh. No. I forget. There, oh, God, what was it called? It's going to bug me for a week. Well, you should look it up. Uh, how, let's see how, how many... What's the fewest number of terms I can search in Google? It will tell me augmented reality. While you do that, I'm going to play the music, and we're going to talk about what we've been testing. Unless, unless anybody has more news, I'd like to talk about word lens. Wow, first word lens. That was great. That was exactly four words. Augmented reality. High five. Nice job, Chan. That's Google. Um, Fist bump, Google. Google fist bumps back. Uh, Let's play the music. Any more news? We good? 
I think that's pretty much Time it. Time to talk about what we've been testing? Sure. Okay. Hey, Norman. Hey, Will Smith. What have you been testing? Uh, I bought the iPhone 5, but I did not have to wait in line for it. I waited in line for the iPhone 5. So why don't you talk about your waiting line experience? It sucks. It's bad every year. I feel like a real fucking paperwork picture. Uh, so Gary and I, uh, Gary, Gary was really excited about waiting in lines this year. I don't know exactly what got into him. Well, I think Gary turned his lemons into some orange juice. Are you saying he just wanted to not be, a, he wanted a, a peaceful night's sleep on the side of a road instead of with a screaming baby? I think, I think once he realized he had to camp to get the phone. I'm going to go ahead and tell you Had to, because he could not bear not having it day one. Once he realized that, that was his only option to get it day one, mm-hmm. he decided to make it a plus instead of a minus. So the difference with Gary is that um, he hadn't not slept in five days and was getting ready to get on a red eye the night after we camped well, for the, the iPhone. The, regardless, However, he, he was very excited. Yes. We didn't have to camp to get an iPhone. We could have come down at 6 o'clock in the morning and been totally cool on the iPhone getting front. 6 o'clock in the morning? 6 o'clock in the morning. How no long? No problem. How, okay, so paint a work picture. After, so we went time? to Stonestown Mall. Okay. Uh, after recording the podcast last after, Thursday. After work, uh, Gary, Gary started doing some intel and asked a friend of ours who works at the Apple store uh, to give a line report. And there were like two sad sacks out there at 6 o'clock at night. How many people? Two. Two people maybe waiting. Three. Okay. Uh, by 8 bad. o'clock, that had grown to maybe a half dozen. And, and the plan for you guys was midnight. Well, the plan initially was midnight, and then when we got the early reports, I was like, no, I'm going to get up at 4 and go down then and just not have to take lawn chairs and shit out. Um, okay, so you're, you're going to stand at 4. Like we did for the iPhone 4. That was yeah, around 4 or 4. Yeah, around 4 a.m., sure. You showed up at 4, and I showed up at like 4.15, I think. Sure. That would, okay. Um, and then Gary started getting anxious, and about 10 o'clock... Antsy and whiny. At 10 o'clock, he come said... On, Will, he said, come on, Will. Come on, I think Will. we should... Come on. Come on. I think we should go down at midnight. I'm afraid we weren't going to get the colors or, or network we want. And I was like, oh, Christ, really? So What the fuck? So I was sitting on the, at this point, I was sitting on the thing waiting, uh, playing FTL, trying to stay awake uh, until we, we either made a go or no go decision. So you, this was a high risk maneuver for you because you could have gone to bed early and had a good night's sleep and woken up at four. Yes. But you decided to wait until close to midnight to get the go, no go. Yes, that was the decision. Okay to go. I, okay to what, go. So we made the go decision. I loaded up the car. Uh, I took the Goal Zero battery pack, which okay. is awesome. It's awesome for waiting in line outside of consumer electronics stores, which you should never do because it's really <laughs> bad. Um, and we had the MiFi, and we just sat around on the internet for a couple hours, and then we took a nap. So how many people were there when you got there at midnight? Maybe 30. 30 people ahead of you? Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, it's at, at that point, it's not, almost not worth staying up overnight. I'm not driving back to my house at midnight to come back up at six. Oh, okay, so, so you had lawn chairs. So we had lawn chairs. Did you have a cooler? Uh, no, Gary was bringing a cooler and, and then failed. Wow. I was bringing sleeping bags. We had sleeping bags. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, so you had nothing to eat or drink. The whole time, I had I coffee, but mm-hmm. you know, there's pros and cons with coffee, and there's a bathroom situation when you're waiting in the line. Oh, no bathrooms. No, they had portalettes, which is they, worse than oh, no bathrooms. <laughs> was it right by the line so it smelled the entire uh, time? It was, it was further back on the line but across the little street. So we were lined up along the outside of the mall in the saddest, saddest way possible. Wow. It was pretty much the opposite of the... I've done my one-way outside of mall thing for a decade, so that's it. Was that where you always wait? No, no, no. I've, I've done my waiting outside oh, of mall. for the 4S. For, 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 for the Amazing Race, and that's it. No oh, more yeah, waiting God, outside of mall. terrible, too. 
was a much nicer mall. Um, so describe the people online. Uh, most of them seem to be buying the iPhone for resale. Hmm. Gary described them as gangsters. Many of them were asking questions like, do I have to give my name to buy this phone? Or do you guys take cash? Uh, which is the most popular one? I'll take that. So they sold a lot of AT&T 16 gigabyte black phones. Wow. Um, on contract or off contract, you think? Uh, Aren't contract. they? Off full six, price. 650 bucks. Yeah. I didn't realize. I thought they weren't selling. It's unlocked phones. Yeah, they do not sell. Apple doesn't sell the unlocked phones, which yeah. are same price, but... Basically, not tied to any network. Yeah. Uh, but they don't sell, begin selling those until a few weeks or months after uh, they sell them. Everybody seems to be much better about, about, about unlocked phones. Verizon, the Verizon phone is unlocked yes. if you're on a GSM carrier. Yep. Um, it's, it's, uh, so, yeah, so there were a lot of people. There were, there were a handful of college kids in front of us who were clearly on the, hey, son, if you'll go wait in line to get me an iPhone 5, I'll pay for your iPhone 5. Wow. Phone. Um, Must be nice. That sounds like a deal. Must be nice. Yeah, I would have done that. Yeah, college, college kids, kid. too. They have energy. So um, at, at the at around 6 o'clock, because the Apple Store opened at 8, how many people were in line, would you say? Yeah, so it was wrapped around to Macy's or JCPenney's or whatever the Macy's. next big shopping center is there, which is probably 300 feet. It was pretty spread out at that point. Okay, so... But when they crunched the line in, made everybody put up their chairs, then it still reached I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that if you had got there at 6 a.m., you would have gotten a phone that day. No problem. Yeah, no problem. But the whole point of saying, getting there early... Midnight and doing the whole overnight is to be one of the first people people in, so you could have Friday and not spend all Friday. I was Friday. out at nine, uh, nine a.m. Okay, so nice. you're out in an hour with about thirty people ahead of you. Yeah, so about two minutes per person. So if there are about three hundred people, it would have yeah. taken about two hours, two and a half hours to get through that line. Probably a little bit longer because I think the longer they go, the more hiccups they hit. And when, like for example, Verizon was, you couldn't get through yes. to Verizon if there was. So if you got there at six, you would have been out at maybe noon. Probably. Okay. Which would have been okay, because I would have slept instead of going home and having to take a nap. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so we slept on the lawn chairs for a little while. Were they the nice fold-out lawn chairs? Were they your feet supported? Uh, no, we, I used the sleeping bag to support my feet. So, you're, so it was a I was kind of, It was like an airplane seat, basically. Oh, okay. oh don't It was not bad. good sleep. No, because if you had the cooler, you could lift up your feet. Yeah, if we had a cooler, we could have lifted up our feet. That mm. is a true statement. Did Gary carry. sleep? Uh, Gary slept pretty hard. Yeah, he slept at least four hours. I slept maybe two. All right, that's good. Um, we had the MiFi, so we had internet. That was nice. Okay. There was a, there were a couple people who were around us. So I'm going to give some pro tips for waiting in line. Wow. Now step one: don't wait in line. Step one is waiting in line is always dumb. Step two is uh, uh, bring a chair. Chair is very important to the line waiting. Uh, step three is bring some sort of blanket, even if you're someplace that's warm. Wear warm clothes, because at 2 o'clock in the morning, shit's cold, even if you're in San Francisco. Uh, especially if you're in San Francisco. The poor girl sitting next to me on the floor, was by the end of the night, was squatting up on her, on her tiptoes so that she didn't have to touch the ground. She was so cold, but she wouldn't take any blankets or anything, so whatever. I wouldn't take a blanket from you. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm clearly filthy. Uh, step four, bring a hat. Bring, oh, a, bring a nice yes. hat. Beanie is always a good idea. Yeah. Your head is where 50% of the heat leaves your body. Exactly. Um... That's pretty much it. Uh, nice thing about this is that when Starbucks opened at 6, then so did the inside bathroom. So that was a big, big step good. up. Wow, that's good. Um, oh, did, did not, not happy bathroom. No, that bathroom. The thing is that bathroom at midnight was totally fine because nobody had used it yet. But by 6 a.m., not good. Mm. Really gross. Mm. 
Um, and and no did they come out? Bring a flashlight. Did they come out and bring? Or you can bring a lantern. You know, they brought no, they brought coffee this year, but there were no pastries. They brought pastries in the four year, didn't they? They brought it was uh, bagels. Yeah, I would have taken bagels. Bagels, not like no cream cheese though, just bagels. I, I would have taken a plain bagel at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much. Or my, a cooler. The flashlight. Bring a flashlight. Or a lantern. That Brooklyn Lantern, not real good. Really? I don't want to say anything. Okay. Don't tell Gary I said that. <laughs> It'd be really hard. But that thing, it was either you should way have too- seen Gary's message to me when he realized he could bring the Brooklyn Lantern. Oh, and I know. Because he brought three of them. He was reciting his version of the Green Lantern oath with iPhones, <laughs> talking about holding the lantern out in line. <laughs> That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he was so excited. Without a doubt, the saddest thing I've ever heard. Um, so what do you think about the iPhone, Norm? Um, I think this, uh, I think uh, it is a, I have both the iPhone 4S and the 5 in front of me. Uh-huh. And um, having used the iPhone now for six days. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, yeah, it's six days. Six wow. days. Uh, and picking up the 4S, the 4S feels, even without a case, feels much heavier. Wow. Yeah. That's and, a and, chunky and ass it, phone. It, it not only feels heavier, it feels heftier. It feels like a like this is a a phone, and that that is incredible. Mm. That, that has a hard swing. Yeah, exactly. So it, the, the thinness and the lightness is really something that I have gotten used to now, and it is amazing. Never go back. Um, I, I almost wish they kept it to three point five inches because uh, I'm not really seeing massive benefits with the four inch screen. Um, I'm not seeing massive disadvantage with the foreign screen, like problems with the swiping and scrolling and stuff. And most of my apps, I want to say 95% of my apps are updated now, the ones mm-hmm. I use, um, uh, including Instagram and Chrome, which were not updated until yesterday. And Sparrow. And Sparrow. Um, the foreign screen is nice. It's really the thinness and lightness. It's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like the new colors. I like the new screen a and lot. You know, people talk about that camera being much better. Uh, yes, you can take uh, lower light photos, uh, but I still would not use, at a certain point, just use the flash. That's true. For, for a camera phone. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a great yeah. camera phone. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Lumia 920 does. Uh, the pictures that people are showing of that from that event are, seem pretty amazing, the, the London event. I really think it's, it's, I do not like those, those entire movies or music videos shot with iPhones. Like as a, as a look, what smartphones can do, smartphone cameras can do. Well, that's a stunt that you do to get your video uh, noticed when it otherwise wouldn't be. Yeah, but the point that they're making is pointless. I, I understand, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. I know, I know, I know. That is a publicity stunt that you do if your band is not getting. I did. I, I'm saying I dislike that those videos get so much attention. I dislike that people argue that. Oh my God, did you see that video? Like that shot will complete with an iPhone. These camera phones are getting so much, so amazing, and, I, and yes, the sensors are getting better. But I, I want to. I want. I'm thinking about this. This whole best camera is the one that you always have with you argument, and I think the it's the the best camera is the camera. The best camera is your your willingness to take a better camera. Yeah, I mean, like, there have been times in the last year when I was really, really glad that I had my Sony camera in my bag. Like when that crazy double rainbow was over Soma a few weeks ago. Yeah. If I had had my iPhone, I would have been really... Have more willpower to carry, to be burdened by a heavier camera. It means carry a man purse everywhere you go. Or Or just... I can can put this in my jacket pocket, like I did all day today. That's true. I don't have a jacket. Traveling around New York, put put it in my jacket pocket. I need a better jacket, Norm. That's the real problem. The best camera is the camera you can fit in your... is, Is the one you fit in a bigger jacket pocket. 
That's that's your that's the that's Norm's axiom. I'm 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 still working on it. Okay, it's not very. It doesn't have the ring to it of progress is the slow. best camera is. The I, I'm I'm working on a new axiom. Okay, uh, I'll I'll take it. Uh, so yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I don't like the white one particularly. I think really the scuff stuff. What you don't like the white? Well, okay, no, I agree. The black one is so much better. The black one is awesome. The black one. Having look at yours. Yeah. Yeah, the black one is awesome. The problem is that the black one looks awesome when it's off. <laughs> and the white one looks like a big-ass white phone with a huge black screen when it's off. The black one looks better at night. I wish the black one had a white screen when, the white one had a white screen when it was off. I wish that was possible. It That's does, all I want. You could get like a white post-it note or something. So Phil Schiller did respond uh, to someone's email about the scuffing. Yeah. And he says, deal with it. Basically, really? Well, he said scuffing is that is natural for aluminum products. Did he respond with a GIF? No, <laughs> it wasn't. Oh my God, that would have been amazing. It confirmed headers in his emails show that Phil Schiller responded with "Deal with it." <laughs> um, um, if you remember, the first, very first iPhone had an aluminum back, and that was scuffed to hell. Yeah, mine looked like end. garbage by the and end, the, that, especially that shiny Apple logo part. Was so just expect that with, with this iPhone. Makes me sad. Uh, the white one seems to be much sturdier than the black one so far. Sturdier? Uh, just from a from a scuffing perspective. Oh, okay. Because the anodize, the, the, there's no anodization. It's just uh, it's just like a treated, slightly treated outside. Hmm. Um, but it, now that the apps are being updated, I the, got my first drop, drop call today too. You got your first what? Drop call. Really? So I don't think the antenna's any better. Oh, I haven't had any AT&T. drop calls yet. Thank oh, you, AT&T. wait. Yeah, that's right. I love Verizon. It's pretty awesome so far. I can use my phone everywhere. Works in the subway. It works in, in your, your phone the does not work in the subway. In Sometimes more than yours, better than yours. How's, how do you like your another two years of subservience to the to the corporate teat? I've, I've used three gigabytes of LTE already. That's amazing. Yeah. So you're two gigabytes closer to throttling. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me know how that goes for you. Um, I don't know what I've used yet. I'm, I haven't looked. I've been afraid to. Ooh, wow, 910 megabytes already. That's not good. Those speed tests take a lot of data. <laughs> no, they don't. Out. No, they do looked? not. They do not take, they do not do take it right now. at all. Um, this is a terrible conversation. Let's see. What else have we done? Uh, I've been using New York, New York uh, subway apps, which has been really interesting. Because the last time I was in New York and rode the subway, there was no such thing as a smartphone that had apps like this. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that apps like Embark and Hopstop, which are the two I've been using, make this a shitload easier. Embark has been really good yeah. to all of us, I think, this trip. Um, it, it's interesting because it's like the Google... So I've been comparing it kind of casually to the Google Maps directions using the website. And they usually are more or less the same. But frequently, Embark will be a little bit smarter about things like express trains and put you on the express stop. Uh, so that you don't have to stop at 35 stations along the way. Also, like that, even you know, it knows that uh, it's, it's a user experience thing. When you're in the subway, you're most likely not going to have good reception or yeah. reception at all. But it still caches your last search directions, mm-hmm. and also, I mean, it's, it's mostly offline. Yeah, and um, it has a map that you can scroll through really quickly. Well, and it will give you, it'll route you if you go station to station rather than landmark to landmark. Yeah. So it gives you the option of. I think Embark is Hopstop is quite good. Uh, the one thing that they do is that some websites will have. Hop stop, like a hop stop button that you can hit and it'll give you hop stop directions that you can then send to your phone or whatever. Um, it is ad supported. The Embark directions seem to cache better. It seems to do a little bit better with the expresses and stuff like that, although I haven't really used it enough to tell that for sure. Is there even a paid version of Embark? Or is it totally- I looked for a paid version to, because I usually will pay a buck to avoid ads. I didn't see one, so maybe they're just, maybe they're baiting or whatever. It seems like the MTA here has a program where they're doing like a, a um, 
a kind of bounty or reward system or, or, or for good transit-based apps. Uh, so Embark was, like, I saw a poster for that in Subway last night. Embark was one of the apps listed. Hopstop wasn't. So maybe you have to be not ad-supported in order to be eligible for the for the contest. Regulation. Well, it's certainly good for people on Apple Maps now who need something to tell them where to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and like I said, I, th- I felt like it was as good as, um, I think I think having a more specialized solution for that isn't, like, I, I find it really, really unfortunate that Apple Maps are worse as a result of the upgrade. Um, but I, I think I would have probably not used a, def- a dedicated app, and I'm probably getting a better experience with the dedicated app. I think the issue of dedicated, at least like in San Francisco, is as far as I've heard, there's not a good app that does there both Muni and BART. No. So in New York, that when the subway system here, it's awesome because it goes everywhere. But in San Francisco, that's kind of a kind of a. Problem. It's also a lot easier on Muni and BART too. True. Um, the place, the one thing that Embark and and the other apps I've used break down is that they they're not good for buses. So Embark will give you walking directions when you leave the subway station, and then that's it. You, 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 like if it would be easier to hop on a bus, you don't have any of that information. So you have to use a separate app for bus travel, which is unfortunate. Um, let's see what else. Uh, we posted the video with, with Dejer Molinar, uh, who has built something kind of insane and awesome. Yeah, he's built a flying car. It's a flying motorcycle. You know, just like a helicopter is kind of like an airplane. No, a helicopter is a helicopter. Fixed wing bodies versus uh, movable wing bodies. Just like a motorcycle is a, a car. It's a wheeled vehicle. Sure. It is not a car. car has doors and walls and four wheels. This thing has three wheels and a propeller it, it and will a have rotor. Door, it will have doors in the future. Maybe, but it is, it is at this point it is a motor. He, he, has a flying, he has a vehicle that flies and, can, and is street legal. Right, and it splits lanes. Can you split and, lanes in a car? Batman can. Batman oh, makes fair his own enough. lanes. Okay, fair. Batman does make his own lanes. Uh, so he is a gyrocycle, is what he calls it, mm-hmm. which is also why I think it's a motorcycle, not a car. Okay. Um, but the idea is that it is a uh, motorcycle engine on a kind of really long motorcycle body uh, with a, ca- a cockpit, basically. And in a very short period of time, he said 30 minutes on the, on the new model, which is in progress, and probably, uh, sorry, five, five or 10 minutes on the new model, which is in progress, and about 30 on the original prototype, he can switch it from motorcycle mode to gyrocopter mode. So this is not a, a car that will automatically transform you can't from hit driving to flying. Oh my God, that would be so awesome. You do have to park on the side of the road. Yeah, or in an airport, more likely. Yes. And then do you make some adjustments. Yep. You know, whip out the props, mm-hmm. bring out the, uh, the landing gear, landing gear, uh, which is very important. Lift the rotor. Um, yep. And then you can fly, take off yeah. in, in 20 feet. So it's a gyrocopter. I, did, I knew enough about gyrocopters to be dangerous before we talked to Dejer. Um, but the, the, so the gyrocopter started with auto gyros, which were basically planes in the 20s that had wings and propellers and a rotor as well. And they used everything to generate lift and thrust, and they could launch them off the top of buildings in New York. Uh, and it was a crazy potential, like almost a like sky captain in the world of tomorrow type future. Uh, they ended up not taking off because I think they were a little bit unsafe. Uh, but gyrocopters came out of that, and they've been kit available for a long time from like the same, with the same kind of people that make ultralights and things like you, that. You could, you could buy a kit for $5,000, and all you need is an engine to provide... Uh, Thrust. To thrust for your propeller, yeah, um, and which creates uh, air, moving air, which will create lift. 
Yeah, so the way the way they work is the rotor is unlike a helicopter where the rotors are powered. On a gyrocopter, the 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 rotors spin because of drag as you move forward, and they generate lift purely through uh, passive means. So they spin uh, as you move forward. They generate lift, and then you suddenly can take off. And they have very short short takeoff landing distances, uh, very low stall speed. That's that's the crazy part that they that with air passing horizontally. Yeah. Through uh, against the rotor. Yeah. Blade, yeah. You get lift vertically. Mm-hmm. It turns into a lifting surface. Yes. Um, they they and are, enough lift to lift up several hundred pounds. So the gyrocopter designs, like the ones that used to make out of lawnmower engines, were a little bit unsafe because their center of gravity was. was kind of you buy off the back of a Boy Scout magazine. And I don't think they would have sold a gyrocopter in the right. Boy Scout magazine. Definitely hovercraft. Hover, hover cars. We should with, build one of those. I don't think they really work. You had to have a vacuum cleaner. I feel like I might have seen this on MythBusters actually. Because isn't that I, that thing that's sure hanging up in Adam's shop is a is a boy, boy's life hovercraft that they made? Seems familiar. Um, anyway, the 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 short body ones that you used to make out of like lawnmowers basically are were real tipsy. And basically, once you go upside down in a gyrocopter, you're doomed. There's nothing you can do. You're, yeah, you're you going to fall like a stone. The, the rotors do not work the other direction. Yes, it only works one way. Yeah, um, you kind of have to have a parachute underneath your car. I need your, your I wish I had a parachute underneath my gyrocopter. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had a gyrocopter. So uh, what Desner, he built this, this gyroco- gyro cycle. It goes, he's taken it out to the salt flats and has gone like 180, 200 miles an hour in motorcycle mode. Mm-hmm. So it goes faster as a motorcycle than it does as a gyrocopter. It's very, it's very uh, light. It's very light. Um, it, there's a lot of carbon fiber. He's building it out of the Calfree bike shop. Uh, and those guys have made carbon fiber bikes for a long time, and they're making cool bamboo bikes now. We're going to go back and visit them again soon. Um, but the the bike goes very, very fast. It uses normal gas, so it's a normal motorcycle, four-stroke motorcycle engine. Uh, it passes emissions, so it can drive on the road. Uh, but when he puts the rotors on, he he powers it off the same motor, obviously. And there's a, there's a big prop between the motor and the passenger compartment. And that provides all the thrust that it needs to take off and get going, uh, the one thing that they, you do have to do is lift the lift the back end of the bike up with the landing gear so that the, pro, the prop has room to spin, um, and then extend the rotor. And that's pretty much it. It, it. Like it looked like it was ready to fly when we were there. The prototype. Oh, yeah. Would you sit in it? Uh, I'd sit in it. Would you fly in it? No, thanks. I'm good. Would Don't you trust Desher as a pilot? I uh, well, the one that he had the, that flies right now is a single seater. Yeah. So I no, I don't trust me as a pilot. Mm. Um, I definitely trust Desher as a pilot. I I don't know that um you know I'm I'm quite ready to live that far out on the edge. How about you, Norm? I trust him. Would you get in? Would you fly? Yeah. Okay. I fly. Would you ride it at 200 miles per hour on the ground? Have you ever gotten anything that's like faster than 100 miles an hour on the ground? I've driven faster than 100 miles per hour on the ground. In which have, in what kind of car? In a Mercedes. Okay. I would not. I've never driven like a two seat, like a big Mercedes or a two seater Mercedes, like a four seater Mercedes. Yeah, see, that's not that scary. If you've gone, if you've gone like a low slung roadster where your ass is three inches off the ground, a hundred miles an hour. I'm sure that that's much more exhilarating. That's a whole different level of fear. 182 miles per hour would be even more. I don't think I've been in a vehicle that's not an airplane that's gone over, or I guess train. No, you've never been in a or train that goes over unless you've been to Japan. 150 miles per hour. What tra- There's no trains in the United States that go 150 miles an hour. So I don't think I've been anything that goes over 150 miles Except an hour. Except for a plane. Except for a plane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd like the fastest to. I've ever been in a car is about 120 miles an hour, and it's not, it's not good. 
Um, I we used to have jet skis when I was a kid that would go like seventy five miles an hour on water. That's terrifying. Water speed feels way faster yeah. than than car speed. Like I've I haven't really done much skiing, but I've done you know, tubing and like kneeboarding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when you're going thirty miles an hour already, it feels you should never fast. go thirty miles an hour unless you're like barefoot skiing. That's the point. Like if you're slaloming or something like that, twenty 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 five is that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we talked to we talked to Dejer. Um, you should definitely watch the video. It's an amazing video. He's a, he's a, he's a super interesting guy and he's making this, he's not making this because he wants to sell them, change the world or anything. He's making it because he wants a gyrocopter. Like that is super clear. Yeah. He wants something that he can take out on the road and go explore the world. He, he honestly believes that it is more efficient, that life is, is better if people were more mobile and, and more in control of their own destinies. Yeah. It really is a like 50s mentality of if you had a car, you could do anything. On the road, man. Yeah. But he wants, he wants to take that one step further and fly. Right. So when he puts it in gyrocopter mode, he can go... I, I mean, he said he thinks he can go as high as he can get air in the engine. Um, 10,000 feet. 10,000 feet, 12,000 feet. Um, and go, he can go 110 miles per hour. And he can air. go 110 miles an hour in the gyrocopter. And he can land it at about 20 feet, he said. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he, he's, he said... Very gas efficient? Uh, well, in the air, not so much. On the ground, definitely. He said 800-mile range in the air. Um, I mean, on the ground, okay. on the ground rather. Um, yeah, and he flew the, so he hadn't flown the, pro, we didn't get to see him flying the prototype because it was a little windy that day. Um, but the prototype, he said he had about four hours on and then just got to a point where he didn't want to risk, risk, like he'd learned all he could from flying it and wanted to move on to building the second generation, the more finished, more finished bike. Um, and that, and, and is working on that now and is trying to raise money to finish the rotors and stuff like that for it. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely check out the video. It's on the site. I thought it was super cool. Uh, what else have we been testing? Uh, I got one of those um, uh, one of those Mophie battery packs because when we were going on a trip with brand new phones, I was worried that we wouldn't have enough battery for all day with iPhone fives because you never know how that's going to go. Uh, I, I'm glad I bought it because we, we don't have enough battery all day for iPhone fives. Yeah. Um, I, I can't tell whether it's worse than the 4s. It's definitely not better. Uh, what, what, what are you feeling, Norm? Are you using it a lot? I'm using it a lot. Yeah. LTE means I use it a lot. Yeah. So LTE in a str- like it's, it's the, the thing is, when you travel, you use your phone a lot. When, you're, when the phone is new, you use a phone a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I'm using it a lot. I'm definitely using my phone a lot more than I had been in the past. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to say. Uh, I, I think when we get back to the office, we'll know more what battery life is actually like. And even when you have like a battery percentage indicator on, it's not a linear degradation curve. Like, I, I'm not getting that at all. You're getting straight. Like, uh, it seems pretty five straight. minutes to one percent. No, it takes yeah. me like fifteen minutes for one percent. It depends then, on how much data I'm using. Su- suddenly, at like eighty percent, it drops to sixty real fast. I have not seen that at all. Gina think, said that though as well too. So maybe there's something. I'm, I'm maybe it's because sure. your phone's black. Just saying. Uh, New York City, Norm. Uh, we're in New York. To reiterate, the Big Apple. A lot of brick around here. I'm real tired. Yeah. We've been going hard. We've mostly been testing food, I think, here in, in New York. Well, yeah, we went to the Intrepid. We're going to do some stuff tomorrow. We have a, a big day planned shooting on Friday. And, of course, we, we're going to be at Maker Faire uh, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. So if you see us there, say hi. Uh, what's your favorite? We went to Momofuku last night. I had pork buns, unlike pork buns I've ever eaten before. I went to Katz's Deli today. I was Katz's. That's a big tourist spot, I hear. It's awesome. Well worth it. Uh, was there a line? No line for me. Really? Yeah. They had a special Norm Chan area? Yeah, I walked up to the front. What, time, said, were you, what time were you there? 1.45. Oh, it's Yom Kippur, too, so that could have had something to do with Perfect it. Perfect timing. Yeah. Gentiles. Gentiles Day at Katz's Deli. 
Um, let's see what else have we done? I mean, we've gone out and seen a lot of stuff. I feel like you saw Judge Dredd three D. <laughs> oh God! So we took a red eye here, which always seems like a good idea when you're booking the plane. Because Norm, as I recall, said, "Oh yeah, we'll get there. We'll be there a day early. We can hang around in the city. We see see some cool stuff." Mm-hmm. We took off from San Francisco at eleven o'clock at night. We landed here at seven o'clock in the morning. Perfect. Couldn't yeah. check into the Airbnb until three p.m. That left you eight hours and twelve bags because we have all the camera check, gear. So check into a hotel, right? Yeah, exactly. That's okay. exactly what we did. Weren't you gonna do that? Uh, we 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 found a friend who let us stash our bags okay. at his place, um, and then we were gonna go out and explore the city. And we did. We started on our explorations with breakfast, which I seemed think a good we, start. We did explore the city, but maybe not in the mindset that we all wanted. Well, yeah. So we we got we got going. And we went to breakfast, and everybody had a bunch of coffee, and we were like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then somebody said, hey, we're near Tompkins Square Park. Let's go check that out. That seems like it's a famous place, and you can buy crack there, too, so that's neat, nice. Um, and then we realized we'd spent 20 minutes staring at squirrels, because everybody was just kind of zoned out. And then, That's not what Joey said. Joey says, you guys are in the park? Well, first we, looked at, we all looked at squirrels, and then I looked at squirrels some more. And coincidentally, on the other side of the squirrels was the children's playground. So maybe I was creepily staring at the playground. Maybe I was looking at squirrels. It's impossible to say with any certainty. Wow. I was looking at squirrels. Is that what your lawyer told you to say? The perception may have been different. Mistakes were made. It was a dark hour in the park for all of us. In the midday. Yeah, so I, I turned around. At after, after the squirrels stopped being interesting, I turned around, and Wes and Joey were both head on hand on their knees looking at the ground. And so at that point, I called the, the woman who was running this place. She was like, hey, is there any way we can get an early check-in? She's like, I was going to actually just call you and see if you could check in later. <laughs> and I said, oh, fuck, you got to be kidding me. That's not cool. And so we went to see Judge Dredd because I figured, worst case, we could pay $15 to go take a nap. Um, I thought um, it was great. It was much better than I expected. Yeah. yeah. It revitalized you. It did. I absorbed energy from the screen yeah. and was good until 3 when we got to the house. And then yeah. we all kind of crashed after that. I came back dead even. Uh, sharp-eyed viewers will note that Wes has a Nintendo World bag directly beside him. Did you buy Jamie's too, or is that just no? Jamie? Those are my. That's this my. This is Norm's. My Nintendo, Nintendo World bag. What did you buy, Nintendo actually. World? I bought gifts. Oh, well, fine then. Yeah. Did you get me something? No. Oh. You were also at Nintendo World. Uh, we went to we went to Thirty Rock. We went to Rockefeller Plaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took some really ridiculous photos. Uh, we went to the Lego store. We saw where the ice skating rink is when the when like, it's ice skating. When, you, when I was at Rockefeller Plaza, I was like, "Wow, this is like downtown." But that, no. That's no, not that's no. Mid, that, it's, yeah, that's kind of downtown. That's like it's midtowny. It's Times Square, bigger, and then real downtown, even bigger. Yeah, we haven't been to real downtown yet, unless Castelli is real downtown. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah. We'll go to real downtown on Friday. Uh, so yeah, that's it for our New York adventure. Do you want to take some questions and call it a show? Let's do that. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I thought you were going to say something else, so I wasn't ready for that. Emails? Well, but we do the other one. Emails. It's, you know, we don't do emails, we do emails. No, 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 no. Questions. Boom. If you have a question for This Is Only Test, the email address is podcast at tested.com. Uh, please keep them short, under 45 seconds. Make sure they don't sound like you were recording them from a Skrillex video, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, here's the first question Hey, Will, Norm, Gary, and company. This is Taylor from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Last week, I was hungover as 
balls, and this resulted in me running over my Galaxy S2. I didn't mind too much, because it gave me a pretty good excuse to go get myself a Galaxy S3 and not feel too bad about the unplanned spending. I was wondering if any of you have had any similar boneheaded mistakes that have resulted in you destroying your cellular device or similarly expensive electronics. For some hometown trivia, Halifax, Nova Scotia was the home of the Halifax Explosion, which was the largest man-made explosion before Hiroshima. Thanks, and I'll always be testing. Uh, remember we went to E3 that year and I dropped my first iPhone two weeks before the iPhone 3GS came out? Yes, we spent the entire afternoon, one going to the Apple store, then going to another Apple store. Where they did not store, help with my dropped iPhone. And then going, waiting in an AT&T store where you got a BlackBerry Bold. Yeah, that was a mistake. Wow. Well, I figured, I figured it was good. Like, that was my last chance to experience BlackBerry. Well, that, that was before everybody knew BlackBerry was... Doomed. Doomed. Yeah. You, got, you got it with... I remember the words were, I'm going to get this BlackBerry so I get ex- some experience with it. I'm just going to give it to my wife. Yeah, she wanted a new BlackBerry. And then she saw the iPhone and was like, no, I want an iPhone instead. So I had to pay a restocking fee when I turned the new BlackBerry. I really want to know the logistics of how he ran over... Yeah, His Galaxy S2. I Did you not hear that he was hung over as balls? Balls hung over with a car. Yeah, of course. So it fell. It could, out of his no, pocket. no, it could have been like he was riding a bike, and no, then no, 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 it no, fell no, out of his no, front no, pocket, no, dipping no. down while doing a, going downhill, and then he ran over it with the bike. What if he's like a BMX biker and he was doing flips and stuff off jumps, and it just mm. flew out of his pocket? That, that could happen. Um, well, I had I had the ocean eat my phone. The ocean did two eat two weeks after I bought it. The four. The the. Yep. No. 3GS. 4. 3GS. No, it had to no be 4. 4. It was 4. It was It was, it was 4. It was yeah, not you, tested. You carried that bag of rice around. Oh, then it was 3GS if it was the... If it was a, That's right. It was 3GS. 3GS. You were just carrying around your phone in a bag of rice. Yes. It was really sad. Then I'm, you tried to take it back and get them to exchange it, and what happened? And they opened it up and said, water has been inside. You were almost there. I was almost there. Yeah. And then uh, he said, let me open this up, and you saw the, the look of fear in your eyes when they opened up and saw the corrosion. Yeah, I've always been lucky with phones. I haven't lucky or careful. I've never never broken one or lost one yet. Not um, wood, Wes. But about six months ago, I did half rip a PCIe port out of my motherboard. Uh, How the hell did you do that? Mistakes were made. You, did you not you push say. the release? I didn't push the release. I thought I'd push the release, but I couldn't see it because it was obscured. Well, that's by the always card. the problem. Yeah, and the card was too big for my case. Mm-hmm. But I had managed to get it in there after like an hour of effort. Uh, and in getting it out, I thought I'd push the release and I hadn't. And so I thought I just. So you just yanked? I thought it was just stuck, yeah. And I pulled real hard. <laughs> Did uh, you like put your foot on the case and lift with your back? I lifted hard, yeah. And uh, I half, half stripped the port off. Wouldn't you say, hold on. You have to explain this more because like, this is this is ridiculous. Like, you mean you pulled the plastic of the of the yeah. board off of the board? Yeah, like the pins were still attached, but I half I pulled the back one half of the plastic part. Wow! Off. And the crazy thing is, when I put a new card in, it actually still worked. And then I took that card out and put a different card in, and it hasn't <sighs> worked since. But it's okay because I have another one. Board or card? Port. So you're so, so you have a dangling ass PCI Express card port slot in your in your existing PC. I mean, you could call it dangling. It's not really it's, dangling it's implies like, something. It's like a quarter inch off the oh, board. Oh, sweet I mean, Jesus! It's not uh, 
Wes, you win this one. It's not too evident if you look at it. You win this yeah. one. But has anyone used Passbook? It still works. It's all good. Uh, I, I signed up for a bunch of apps that have Passbook. I still have the Passbook is the simplest way to get all your passes in one place. Boarding passes, tickets, store cards, coupons, App Store. Yep, I have no apps that work with Passbook. No, I, I even signed up for Starbucks app, and it doesn't support Passbook yet. What? Really? No. I could get Target or Sephora to go. Uh, Gina used it for American Airlines the other day. She said it was exactly what you would expect. I'm, I'm excited for this to be widely supported. I, I hope it, yeah, it, it becomes so, because if, it seems like a real, a real nice convenience. One step short of NFC, but... If Virgin supports it, I would be very happy. Um, one more question? All right. Hey, Tester Crew, this is Always Be Clothing, and I have a hypothetical combat scenario for you. In a world where society has crumbled, and man is fighting fellow man, due to uh, possibly the, uh, <clears throat> the Walking Dead, or Nuclear Winter, or some kind of apocalypse, you have been given the technology to draw forth a single weapon from any game in your Steam library. What is the weapon that you would choose, knowing that you may have to fight the people in your very room? As a follow-up, would you rather have the ability to trade a weapon with a single opponent, or would you rather have the ability to disable both yours and an opponent's weapon temporarily? Thank you, and always be tested. The second question is unnecessary and too complicated. I only care about the first question. Okay, so you're, you are expunging the second gun. question. Really? The portal gun? Answer is always portal but gun. The, it, but they, does it retain the powers of the world in the game? Because then you could only use it on the moon or... Yeah, or moon-based surfaces. Oh, wait, Norm doesn't know that because he never finished Portal 2. That is true. Spoilers. <laughs> there are massive limitations to the portal it's, gun that are clear midway through Portal 2. <laughs> so, Norm, I, do you want to rescind your, change your question about the answer to the second question? I said this guy had a dream last, or two nights ago about killing raccoons with portal gun. I was when, dropping when them just... from increasingly high places. <laughs> and they were getting closer, and I was freaking out because I was p- putting the portal. They were dropping closer to me. Nope, nope, nope. Put a hole was back down. Was this here? It was here. One of the things I've discovered is that because I am sharing a room with Wes here, yes. is that when I wake up, if Wes is up, the first thing I do is tell him about my dream. Really? This is, uh, I'm not sure that I'm liking it because they're all <laughs> kind of fucked up. What was the most fucked up one so far? Like today, this morning, because I'm afraid I forget. And I always remember my dream. This morning, I had a dream that was a combination. Oh, my God. Of Groundhog Day. Yeah. But in every day that repeated itself, everyone in that around me was dying. It was Groundhog Day plus Final Destination. But they were all actors and they knew it. They were, they were going to die. That's very meta. Do they die over and over again, the same ones? Over and over again, the same ones. Oh, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at my Steam list right now. My weapon would be the Nano Rifle from Red Faction Gorilla. The one that can disassemble stuff? Yeah, because then there's... There's no gore. There's no real guilt. Somebody's just there, and then they're gone. So you could really hold on. Wait. So you're saying if yeah. you kill someone with a gun that that's doesn't not, make that's blood, not very practical for getting through bad. environments. How is so it? the portal gun is awesome it, if it worked the way it works to uh, to actually it dissolves no, you, anything you shoot with it. You know what? The portal gun though is see you fucked up on two counts because a you have to have moon for the portal gun to work. B uh, you don't have the leg things that let you fall from massive heights. Because without the leg things, it's like the time the guys asked for Wolverine claws, and they didn't ask for super health regeneration. 
they just had bloody claws <laughs> yes, all the time. Yes, I remember. Everywhere I remember screaming. that time. It was it was very unfortunate for yes. everyone involved. So you're going to do the first portal jump and think, oh man, this is awesome, and then shattered legs to your uh, hips. And then you slowly bleed to death. Is there is there like a uh, battle suit I can wear? You already you already gave up your you wasted no, no, your no, wish. No, no, waste, waste my wish. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! My wish. Uh, I made I made the old Disney mistake. I wasted my wish. I don't know what I don't know what I want. Now you will never marry a prince. Now I will never be a prince. <laughs> oh, you're a frog for life. Um. Yeah, I don't know what I want. What what's what what can I do the most damage with? I think maybe I want an op. It's one shot kill, even if you shoot somebody on the foot. You're very slow with it. Oh, that's true. One of those, the triple rocket launcher from Unreal Tournament. Yeah, no, it's very no, slow. No, too that's slow. A horrible. BFG hard, hard to hit. That'd be good. And not enough ammo for the BFG around. Uh, so something that has to be infinite ammo, or that you can pick the ammo up and reuse it. Or the zombie about, apocalypse. That's important. A melee weapon. The gun from Fallout Three that just shoots junk. The that junk. one's okay. A junk mystical cannon. melee weapon. Which melee weapon? I don't know. Some type of mystical melee weapon. Hmm. I don't know. The golden gun. From <laughs> is that on your Steam account? Goldeneye? Sure. You don't have Goldeneye for PC. Aren't they, isn't the new one coming out on PC? In your Steam account today, Wes Fenlon, follow the rules. Yeah, I already put my answer out there, so. I think that I would probably go with something that catches people on fire. Because I want to feel the pain of every death that I inflict. You know what I would take? I would take a uh, the soldier's rocket. I, w- I would take the Dr. Grodbert's rocket launcher from TF2. Infinite ammo. Infinite ammo. And it disintegrates people. Both of those things seem like they would be very good to have. Maybe the pistol's better, though, because it penetrates. If you're dealing with a zombie apocalypse, you want to go through as much stuff as you can. I think the burning would be more useful. In the in case of zombies, yeah, maybe I don't know. World War Z said burning is bad against zombies because the burn zombies just keep going. Like True. it takes a lot of burning yeah. to take a zombie out. Mm-hmm. Much better off with a twenty-two rifle and a whole shitload of ammo. So that'll do it for questions this week. Uh, if you have a question for this is only test, the email address is podcast at test uh, For Norman Chan and Wesley Fenlon, uh, do we have any more stuff to plug? There was an interview with Gary on PA Report today about episode four of Walking Dead. I feel like we should plug that. It was a good interview. You should watch it. Okay. Anything for you to plug, Norm? I like your t-shirt. Yeah. It's a good shirt. I thought it was okay t-shirt. Since you're all record legit now. Wes, anything to plug? I've got a couple uh, cool interviews going up in the next few weeks. Okay. Um, just depends on you know how much time we dedicate to Maker Faire stuff, but... Coming, coming soon. Sounds good. The anime thing you did a couple weeks ago was, uh, was last, week. last week, I guess. It seems like a long time ago. It was, really, was quite good, too. That was fun. People maybe. should read that. We should have talked about that today, but I'm tired of talking now. So I'm going to play some music. Uh, this is the outro. It's from Madden Man. Uh, and then we're going to have a brief episode of Fake Outtakes. Hi there. I didn't see you. Test it. It's roll. There's some more uh, shots from space. Curiosity, you look sexy tonight. I know what this episode's gonna be called. Sexy tonight. It's good mixing. Sexy tonight. Oh, you overcommitted with the brief episode of fake outtakes.
Uh, what are we having for dinner tonight? Oh my goodness. Uh, I want to have noodles again. You want to go get the other noodles? The other noodle place. I'll go to the other noodle place. Okay, I was afraid that we would not, because we had previously talked about wanting to find real New York pizza, but we had real New York pizza last night. No, 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 that wasn't real New York pizza. That was pretty good real New York pizza. It was pizza. pretty good pizza. We're going to get real New York pizza tomorrow night, because oh. the place we're going is in Brooklyn. Oh, perfect. Because yeah. tomorrow afternoon, we're doing a Shake, uh, shake Shack. Dude, we're going to be Logie. We're doing tomorrow <laughs> afternoon starts at 1.30. So we got to do Shake Shack early if you want to do Shake Shack. I'll do Shake Shack at noon. It's close shake, by here. Shake Shack seems... Why don't we do go to Shake Shack for dinner tonight? Nope. I'm going to do Noodle Place. Noodle Place is a better dinner place. Where's the Noodle Place? I, I need to Google it. I kind of want to... I, I kind of think it would be nice to have a chill night tonight. Like something where we're not out until midnight... Partying down. Hmm. I, I have plans tonight, so. Oh. Oh, lots of da. Out of the food discussion. I think, I think uh, the other two members of our party are probably away, too, so it might just be you and me tonight, Norm. Mm. Braga's coming. Oh, Braga's coming? Okay, good. Our Canadian friend. Hmm. The, the other noodle place has 4,000 reviews on Yelp. how many Four reviews stars. I've really gotten into this number of reviews thing on Yelp. Yeah. Norm is trying to quant- quantitate everything. It's a really damaging thing because it means that basically if a restaurant hasn't been here for 10 years, he's never going to try it. Well, I'll read reviews. What, where is it? It's on uh, between 4th and 3rd Avenue. On? That doesn't uh, tell anything. On uh, 10th. Oh, fuck. It's all the way at the far end of the... That's like an hour away. It's on NoHo. Oh, you're a NoHo. Is that near Dumbo? <laughs> no, Dumbo's under the Dunbarton Bridge. Wait, Dun- no, the Dunbarton Bridge <laughs> is by the Bay us. Area. <laughs> I don't know. All these names, everything's above something or north of something or under something. It's all about hose. It's all about We'll see you guys next time. Really, that's it? That's all you're going to give them? I I, am so tired. What did you do today? You went to the Natural History Museum. I did go to the Natural History Museum. Tell us about that. It was, there were dinosaurs and there were lots of dead animals. Were they modern dinosaurs or were they like tail dragging lethargic old dinosaurs? Have they updated the dinosaurs no, to be real? I don't. I don't think they've updated them. What, did real. they have a Brontosaurus on display? They did not have a Brontosaurus on display. Did they have a Diplodocus on display? I did not see a Diplodocus. I saw a Triceratops. Okay, was his tail up or down? Down. Oh, so they haven't updated the dinosaurs. I do not believe so. I'm super sad. Did they have a woolly mammoth? They did have a woolly mammoth. Was skeleton. it stuffed? No, oh, skeleton. Stuffed. Yeah, the one in Washington is scuffed, stuffed. They had a lot of skeletons. At, at, at the, uh, I feel like maybe I should get up early tomorrow morning and go to see this. Actually, I think they did have brontosaurus. I don't think brontosaurus is a real dinosaur. Maybe anymore. this had a big long tail, a long neck dinosaur. Isn't the triceratops just a juvenile torosaurus? That's what that's what I thought too. So, but it was labeled triceratops. Then they're so I think they, of shit. Okay. Do you think kids' curriculum in elementary school is updated now about dinosaurs? Oh God, no. Because I mean, we learned so much stuff in elementary school that yeah. was not tr- ended up not being true at I'm, all. I'm going to go and tell you a secret. When I was in elementary school, one of the things they showed us was a was a Betamax tape of that claymation stop-motion dinosaurs fighting each other movie with cavemen in it. Nice. That was so, awesome. What? That was entertainment. No, that was during science class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the South. Yeah. Hey, I had a girl in my high school biology class nice. uh, say... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like that. Well, not like that. Uh, you can just end it there. She said, in a presentation about dinosaurs, well, we all know... God put them here, so, and oh, then no. moved on to the next point. And I look over at the teacher with, like... Just the teacher's smiling and, utterly like, shocked. That's yeah. a fucking nuclear bomb smile, for the teacher. Smile and nod, smile and right. nod. I was right. like, whoa. That is a situation that the teacher's like, I would like to... I'm four years from retirement. Uh, <laughs> it's the... It's the uh, 
It's the uh, Danny Glover of teacher teacher Sad, moments. Sadly, I think it just just passed muster for her. Oh wow. Makes me sad. Um, what else well, was it then? Did you see you know, any, any gems? Through, they, had, they, they had a whole ex- a whole section of gems, a whole section on meteorites, okay. a whole section on the origins of humans and skeletons and stuff. They had a whole room. They had the room with Alec Baldwin went in when he wanted to be a marine biologist. Um, in 30 Rock? In 30 Rock, uh, with okay. a giant whale in the middle. Um, blue whale? Blue, Sperm whale? Uh, I think it was blue. It was pretty big. It was blue whale, I think. Free bus lengths? That sounds about right. Did it look like it weighed 1,000 tons? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was, it was hanging from the ceiling. You sure it wasn't Liza Minnelli? The, the, pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I could see why walking through that museum, a Hollywood producer would go, man, this would be a really good place for a Ben Stiller movie. Maybe really? two of them, even. Yeah. Those movies made a fuckload of money, dude. Oh, well, they did. Um, they did. There are a lot of, lot of fake people. Have you ever actually watched those movies? Nope. Neither of you have. No. Uh, your homework assignment oh my goodness. is to watch A Night at the Museum 1. Because while it is not a good movie, it is nowhere near as bad as every other Ben Stiller movie that isn't Tropic Thunder, Dodgeball, or Zoolander. I think I'd rather watch RV and just get real shit What's RV? It's the Robin Williams, Sherhines. Maybe, maybe the low point in, of in his RV. career. I don't know. No, no. Bicentennial Man was the low point of his career. Hmm. Or the one where he was the the photo booth murderer, one or Patch photo. Adams. Patch Adams is the you're, you're, you're just naming movies. Patch now. Adams is pretty bleak. Patch Adams was terrible. No, Jack. I never saw Jack. Jack, Jack was pretty bad. Jack is more bleak. Jack, Jack, Jack is yeah. He had a bad two decades. He's coming out of it now, though. Yeah, that's when he got addicted to Counter Strike. Quake. He's, he's in a recent episode of Louie uh, from season three that is incredible. All right. And it's beard Robin Williams, so. Then you know, it's so he looks like a hobo. You know he's serious. Yeah. There's a lot it's, less homeless it's people. It's groomed here. beard, so oh, okay. he looks good. Fewer? Yeah. yeah a lot fewer homeless people. That I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> They're a little more aggressive, though. I don't think they even... Well, the, the one that we saw yesterday was pretty aggressive. The guy... I don't think that guy was homeless. I think he was just a... Call uh, me coach. Yeah. Something about fingers. He seemed like he might be a New York staple. I never know, like, you never know when you're walking around here whether people, whether these are like the, oh, ha, 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 he's been in this neighborhood for 30 years. That's Coach. You yeah. know him. Or it's, oh, he's trying to develop that kind of rapport with the community. Hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, they also had a planetarium. Planet. Uh, planetarium. 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 Uh, it's the hidden planetarium that is uh, run by, uh, directed by Neil deGrasse Tyson, who did the intro video for Before the Planetarium Show, narrated by Whoopi Goldberg. Did you see the Planetarium Show? I did see the Planetarium Show. Ooh. It was very tiring. It was okay. It was not as good as the one. No, it was not as good as the one in the Academy of Sciences in San Francisco. Oh, the, the Powers of Ten one? No, they do not do Powers of Ten one. Well, they did a one that was kind of... They did the, the one where they show, here's how far radio waves could have gone... Here's how they far. all they all use similar software. But this one is a pre-programmed show oh. about the suns and stars. Was there a guy up in the top with an Xbox controller flying around? No, that was the best program, part of pre-programmed the, show of the of the San Francisco one. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Natural history. A lot of museums in New York. What other museums have you been to? I'm saying there are a lot of museums in general. Oh. I think Braga's hit like three. Keep up City Pass. You can buy a City Pass for eighty bucks, and you get to see. You get to go to the Met, the MoMA, Empire State Building, and Ooh. Natural History Museum, Museum of Natural History, and a bunch of other stuff. I haven't even seen the, the Empire State Building except for when we came in on the cab. I would love to go to, to MoMA. I think that would be real cool. You should go to MoMA. I want to. You should get up and go tomorrow. Make it happen, Wes. Maybe I will. Okay. 
Uh, let's uh, wrap this up, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Next week. Next week. Let's wrap this up, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.